With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. EOTM Radio. Entrepreneurs on the move. Reshaping life for a better tomorrow. Fisher Boys, welcome to the kicking spot. Fisher Boys, Fisher Boys, I'm your host, D'Angelo. D'Angelo. Why did I have a visual? I was partying to the break of dawn. How about the who recorded the video? D'Angelo. OMG. It's kind of bratty. So, no. Okay, I'm a better word. Apparently, I'm eager to when I talk about myself. Go, go, go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kickin' Spot. I'm your host, T'Angelo. And it is official. You are here at the Kickin' Spot with T'Angelo. And guess what? I'm going to have to change the title a little bit. I am now your award-winning host, T'Angelo. <laughs> that is right, everybody. For the OTM Award that took place this past Sunday, I walked away with the title of Outstanding Talk Show Host. What an amazing experience. OMG, I'm so excited and grateful and humbled. It was, all, it was a great show, you guys. I will have to give you guys full details of the award show later tonight, but know that the award show was awesome. Your boy did represent some of my people. Y'all came out represent. Thank you. But we'll get into more details as the night unfolds. But you may or may not know that my birthday recently passed on August 2nd. Well, if you're thinking, oh, I didn't know that, and I didn't get him anything, don't worry, because I will be celebrating all month long. I do my birth month, my birthday month. So we celebrate the month of August all month, me birthday. It just gives everyone an opportunity to celebrate with me. I don't want to deny you the chance. So if you would like to celebrate with me, be sure to keep an eye out, as I will be posting upcoming events on my Facebook page. Um, it's going to be one night or one evening, I'm going to do a round of miniature golf. So you guys can come out and play miniature golf with me. I will be um, doing a karaoke in downtown uh, L.A. Live. I'll probably be throwing a wine and jazz party. The working title is Tangelo's Birthday Bash, A Night of Wine and Jazz. Nope, it's not a working title. I think I'm going to go with Yeah, I like it a lot. So I'm definitely going to have a wine and jazz party to celebrate my birthday. And then... Whatever other invites I get, you know, dinners and uh, pancakes. Yeah, but a lunch date slash dinner date coming up also. So, yeah, hit your brother up. Want to celebrate? Let's do it. Let's get a mimosa. You know, it doesn't have to be anything over the top. We just celebrate and, and love, give love to one another. Um, now, award show, you guys, is over, and I am really now, me, now that the award show is over, I'm really going to start working on my new to-do list, which is more video media. So you guys stick around. I'm going to be trying to dive into that world more and more. So, you know, cross your fingers, wish me luck, and 
let's see if this award really pushes your boy into, you know, bigger things. I'm excited. And I need a new workout plan, actually. Now I'm just trying to do video meetings. Um, I have fallen way off track. I know maybe the first half of this year you guys heard about working out and how good I was doing. Yeah, not so much. So if you happen to have a workout plan that you think might work for me, you've got to get at me. You know what I'm saying? Hit me up on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. You can also shoot me an email at um, tangelo at tangelolive.com. That's tangelo at tangelolive.com. I need a workout plan that's going to work for me, you know, the entrepreneur who is really on the move. So um, hit a brother up. All right, you guys, so let's go ahead and get this show on the road. What's going on? It's your award-winning host, T. Angelo, here to an at your spot. I'm not supposed to say the award-winning host part, but I wanted to see how it felt. Okay. I don't need to know narcissistic. Moving on. Um, tonight, you guys, on Matters of the Heart, we discuss, remember the goal of the conversation and or argument. Yes, remember the goal of your conversation and or argument. Now, you guys, tonight on the Kick It Spot, we will be live with singer and EOTM award winner, Fawn. She is an awesome songstress, and we will strip discussing her winning the Best Female Artist Award at the awards show. And what else, excuse me, and what else, I mean, other things that Fawn has going on, as she has won a few other awards, too. She's definitely a chart-topping artist. Also visiting tonight for Chancellor Live One Books, is veteran TV news writer Mervyn Block. He will be discussing, we will be talking with him and discussing his recent title, Weighing Anchors, When Network Newscasters Don't Know Right from Wrong. So interesting book you guys here discussing what the news anchors pump into our homes and what we actually get stuck believing. Um, so in the book, Block does give us insight on the world of news broadcasting. So that's going to be awesome there with him. And um, so, I'm sorry, I'm getting tied up. I'm actually looking at his book right now, and there's another section. I just realized I didn't finish anything, and I want to. It's really interesting. So, you guys, be sure to stick around because you're going to love this, okay? Um, also, be sure to sign up to be a part of Team T'Angelo by going to T'Angelo.com and clicking the sign-in button. All right, you guys? So, let's discuss matters of the heart. Okay, so we have matters of the heart. Remember the goal of your conversation and or argument. What is this about? This is about how so many times people get into these arguments, discussions, without purpose. This causes the dispute discussion to go on and on and on. And once you and your boyfriend are done, nothing will have come from the argument or discussion. So 
basically what I'm saying is you get into this argument about whatever it is, you need to know what you're looking to achieve. Don't get in there just trying to prove your point because you just get lost. Example, my brother. My brother is a major person. His goal of arguing is to be heard. He's that person whose whole goal is to be heard. With every point that he thinks of, he wants to be said. He wants it to be said. He wants it to be heard. Before taking the minutes, he wants it to be documented. <laughs> the problem with that is the conversation gets lost. He starts ranting on and on, and neither him nor his girl realizes that they just keep going back and forth without ever really solving anything. Because, again, the whole point, then once you hear one, you know, once one point is submitted and she, like, you know, she, I'm sorry, she hits up that point and she, like, deals with that point, and then that requires him to get a new point and then a new point, and it just kind of keeps going back and forth, back and forth. But the thing is, I'm sorry. But the thing is, you can't do that. You have to have a purpose in your conversation so you know what you are looking to achieve. And if neither of you can bring the conversation or argument to a place of resolution, when you're done, you solve nothing. So say you're trying to, let's just, you know, let me give an example to you guys. Now say you're trying to get your boyfriend to attend an event with you, and he is arguing he doesn't want to go. Now, that when you start to have a form dialogue, your goal is to get your boyfriend, to go with you to the event. So find out why he doesn't want to go and approach it from that direction. And maybe that can help you reach the goal. Now, if you continue to go back and forth with him, you might, you know, get what you want. Now, if your goal is to, get, you know, get him to go with you to attend this event, no need to bring up other topics that are not relevant to the current discussion, such as the fact that he <laughs> – the fact that he was, you know, he was the cause of you guys being late for the last two events. Now, I know that might seem relevant. I know it might seem a strong point and the argument and discussion to convince him to go with you to this event. You're going to guilt him into it how last time was his. And if you had just came, we wouldn't have been late, and I missed the beginning of the wedding because you weren't there. Okay, skip all that. He don't give a rat anyway. And uh, that ain't going to make him want to go with you no more. And it more so makes me want to say, that's the reason I'm not going to in the first place, <laughs> okay? Stick to your goal. The goal is to get him to go with you, okay? Um, so I would just say, you guys, set your goal when you're having an argument or discussion, okay? Most of the times we don't plan on having a fight with your spouse or, you know, a strong discussion. It kind of just happens. You put yourself in one without even noticing it. But while it's going on, be sure to ask yourself, why are we doing this? What goal would I like to reach? What do I like to achieve by the end of this? And that's what you guys really want to make sure, okay, is you know why you're arguing. What is it about? Don't go on and on and on. Stay on topic, okay? So know that. Tonight's matters of the topic is remember the goal of your conversation or argument, okay? There you have it here from your boy, T'Angelo. Now, it looks like our girl, Fawn, has arrived to the kicking spot. So as we get her settled in, Want to take a quick break, um, and if you happen to want to speak with our guest this evening, you be sure to listen to the radio show, which is seven one eight six six four six five four three. We'll be right back, you guys. What's going on? This is your boy Angelo, and you are chilling at the. 
So you guys, we're back here to the Tigger Spot, and I'm here with the award-winning songstress herself. Fine. Good evening, and welcome to the Spot. <laughs> Good evening. How are you? I love your name so much. <laughs> well, thank you so very much. I am so. I'm just trying to compose myself. I can't when I get on air. I just get so excited to speak to. Super cool people like yourself who are doing super awesome things in the world. Aw, I'm feeling the same way about you. I was trying to get a little nervous there hearing you. <laughs> <laughs> you are too kind. How are you doing this evening? I am good. How are you? Are you all recovered from the uh, Entrepreneurs on the Move Award festivities? If packing my award in my bag and taking it with me where I go to show my friends means I'm over it, then Sure. <laughs> I oh, sure so that did. Was you. That was you at the gym with that award on your wrist. Oh, you saw me. <laughs> yeah, I thought, again, people want to support, and if we don't give an opportunity, it's not their fault. It's ours. So I'm doing my part to allow them to give support. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, my goodness, Howard, have you, have you come off of congratulations? First of all, congratulations for taking the win for Best Female Artist. Thank you so much. That was such an honor. That's just, I mean, just being nominated is an honor. I mean, everyone who was nominated um, already has won. Just the recognition right. is the win. Um, but it is really awesome and emotional and incredible and quite an honor. Thank you. You are more than welcome. And just I want you to know that EOTM saw you. We can see you and work. We, we see you. So thank you for what you're doing as we are all working to change the world, which I know you are very much doing, but we'll discuss more of that a little bit less in the segment. <laughs> amen, amen. That's, isn't that what we're supposed to be here for, right? Make the world better. Indeed, indeed. So now, um, with, this, with this award show in particular, how was it for you to be at an award show where you're being honored or, you know, being recognized by other entrepreneurs? Oh, it was awesome. It was, you know, it was really fun, everybody in that room celebrating one another. It was a great experience to be around a room full of hardworking people who are making their dreams come true. You know, the thing about the Entrepreneurs on the Move Award, which is really, I love it so much that they came up with this, that you guys all came up with this, is that um, it's the kind of thing that I've always believed in. When a door closes or there aren't any available doors, you make your mm-hmm. own door. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's what an entrepreneur on the move does. Exactly. And that's something I really believe in. All right. Well, y'all heard it right here. If you don't see a door and can't find one, blow out that wall right there and design a new one. I love that it. That is right. And I have done many doors. I have made many doors. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to. You definitely have to. So now, moving into a little bit of the topic of music, what do you think of the new wave of music these days? I mean, does it seem like electronic dance has taken over the airwaves? I certainly hope it has. <laughs> I mean, in, I you know, I think that everything comes in circles. Um, there's this sound, there's that sound, and I love electronic dance music, especially when there are real instruments played and mixed in. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just a bunch of loops. A lot of people are extremely talented. The producer who did my 
dance album, which won um, Best Dance Album of the Year in 2009 and Best Dance Single. Um, he is so talented. His orchestration is unbelievable, and he used real instruments. So electronic music is intelligent music. It can be. It can also be very unintelligent, and that's not the electronic dance music that I support. But I particularly love the 70s sound that's coming back and being honored by Daft Punk and Justin Timberlake and Bruno Mars. And um, mm. you know, over the years, I've I've loved the 70s, and okay. I love that sound. And I've done a few of my dance tracks um, over the years in the 70s. So it's nice to see the industry back on board with that time and that sound right now. Yeah, yeah. It, it as you say, the music comes goes around in the circles, and so everything is going to be redone in a fresh new way. And it's it's good to have that feeling again because. The seventies were a great time, especially for music. Indeed, definitely. Indeed. And I, you know, I love all style of music. I, I, as a songwriter and recording artist, I write pop and acoustic songs and country and children's and R and B and you know, you name it. I I will write it, and I love R and B music too. And my absolute favorite, besides seventies music, is funk. Really? I it's got to be funky. <laughs> All right, I can dig it. So yeah, then, I love. With that being said, where do you draw your inspiration from? I mean, is it all for the music? Is it walks of life, colors in the room? Yes, it. Um, my all of my songs, unless it's an assignment song, for example, unless there's a TV show that says we need a song in an hour, can you? It needs to be about this, sound like this, and you know, be in this genre. Unless it's that kind of thing, all of my songs come from my heart and from my life and, um, you know, what I'm going through at the time. It's all usually about somebody, you know, good <laughs> <Okay>. or bad. <laughs> right. That's that's how you do it. The best albums are usually because it came from that either that really happy point in your life or that really sad moment where things weren't quite as jolly. Yes, mostly sad. <laughs> but... <laughs> I really, I really one day I looked, I sat there and I went, oh my, these are like, you know, 300 sad songs. I, I need to start writing about something happy. <laughs> hey, I mean, look at Adele's whole career. I think her whole album was about a breakup and we seem to have loved it. That's true. One big long breakup, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So now... What you I mean, you have done, you know, a lot of career so far, and you've worked with a lot of, you know, big names. Who are some artists that you're still looking forward to working with? Mm. Um, well, I would really love to um, – I'd love to sing a duet with one of my friends. Um, he's, he's a big um, producer in film, and he, but he's, his father was Mel Torme. And he, his okay. name is Tracy Torme, and he has a beautiful voice. I would love to do something <laughs> with him. And I'd love to do a jazz album and have it produced by Barry Manilow. And I would oh, wow. love, love, love to do a funk album. And Out of just, all those, I mean, I think that you can get started on that funk one today. <laughs> You yeah, could get started I, on the all of those. Are great. The jazz would be amazing. Also, I could see you doing that at the Hollywood Bowl. But. 
That would be amazing. I would love, I mean, my roots are in jazz. I won some jazz vocal competitions. I used to have a 12-piece a vocal, um, jazz vocal group, and then I had a four-piece jazz vocal group um, before I went to Berklee College of Music in Boston. So I really miss that. You know, I, I used to shed Ella Fitzgerald and, mm. you know, Sarah Vaughn and some of those greats, and I used to listen to the Andrews Sisters. My mom brought me up on all the 40s music, so okay. I know all the standards, and I really, I miss that. You know, I, um, the guy, well, his name is, like, going through my brain. The actor that's in Jurassic Park, and he was in The Fly. Oh, oh, in The Fly, yes. Um, yeah, Goldberg. He has, he's an amazing uh, jazz pianist, and he has a band. And I sang, I got up and sang with him and his band when I, um, and I was like, ah, oh, this is what I need to be doing, I guess. <laughs> hey, doesn't it just feel, when you fall right into your space, when you fall right to where you're supposed to be, does it not just feel amazing? Like you were born to be at this moment at that exact time? Right, and it's just so effortless, too. Right. That's that's what's be- that's one of the beauties about art is you get to have those moments. You know, for those who are not artists, you get to just or those who are not doing what they what they their passion. I don't know in art, but just whatever your passion is, you do it without extreme effort. I love that. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. Now I also read that you can sing in a multitude of languages. I I do sing in different languages. <laughs> Yes, give the language, and you know I'll I'll find a way to do it. So, <laughs> if I are you fluent, it, or you can, can are you fluent in these languages, or you can just find the emotional con the connect? Um, definitely find the connect, and I used to be fluent in French and Spanish, which I have recorded songs in French and Spanish. Um, but it's it's been a while, and uh, I I've sung in Chinese, um, Chinese, and some other languages, Italian and German. Um, wow. But I mean, I would love to uh, to do to do that. So I haven't recorded any in those other languages. I only have recordings in um, French and Spanish right now. But I would okay. love to go and record some of the Chinese songs that I know and some other things. That'd be a fun thing to do. Um, That'd be a really fun project, actually. <laughs> I have, I yeah, I can't even imagine. I have a hard enough time speaking English slowly enough. So, um, before I <laughs> sing another, but that's that that is pretty cool. That that I can't, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Now, when you're not doing music, I hear that you are mentoring children. So we discussed really about you changing the world. This sounds like the world in movement. What's 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 that about? You are mentoring children. Oh, I definitely well. Children and um, animals are the light of the world. And, you know, I surround them around me because they keep me grounded in this crazy world, especially in crazy L.A., La La Land. Right, Um, right. I love working with them. I will um, teach them music. I'll teach them songwriting and piano and voice. And um, I've done other things, you know, just working with them, tutoring or whatever's needed in homes and stuff like that. Um, they're so much fun, and they teach us how to have, you know, they just teach us how we really need to be, which is how we're born in. We're born with this positive energy and this 
awe, this look of awe in life. And as we get older, we people teach us not to have that. And okay. I think really sad. So when I see a young child, for example, when I was um, my son came out to help children with HIV and AIDS, I remember holding a four-year-old who um, who's now passed away, but her um, legs and ankles and feet and hands were um, frozen from um, AIDS, and she couldn't talk. And I remember holding her, and you know, the press was there, and I was just really trying not to cry. I didn't mm-hmm. want her to see me cry, but I looked in her eyes, and even though she's in that state, she still had that joy. And it's so wow. unfair when things like HIV and cancer and leukemia and, you know, muscular dystrophy take away, especially not just our our joy as adults, but especially mm-hmm. a child's joy. Mm-hmm. And I oh, just wow. think that they are so important that, you know, anything having to do with rescuing animals or rescuing children or the elderly or anyone who needs help, I'm there. That's what I want to be doing with my life. That's awesome. Yeah, I that's intense. And you're right. You can one of those moments where an older person may have just lost all their hope. Yeah. Their children don't seem to. They seem to still be connected to the joy of life. Yes, absolutely. And I see a lot so, of people that are thirty or twenty, whatever, and they're they're already lost their joy. And I'm like, come on, really? Yeah. You know what it is? I feel that people don't, in my opinion, they don't lose it. I feel that they give it away because they invest their time with people that they don't need to be. They invest their time and their efforts in projects they need not to be involved in. And then you look up wondering what happened. Well, you just gave yourself away. (laughs) Call yourself back. Or it's been stolen stolen from them and they haven't been able to find it again. Right. And that that too can be difficult. Steal it. Yes, absolutely. Now, to the yeah. fans and supporters listening, fun. What do you enjoy doing outside of mentoring that, and outside of music that your fans just might not know? Something really quirky about you. Do you have a love for ketchup that so you drink from the bottle? <laughs> do you like to chew ice? What is something weird and quirky about you that we just oh, don't wow. know about? Oh, wow, what's quirky? Let me think. Um. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, I love bubble baths and foot massages. Um, <laughs> like, okay, I'll give you something really quirky because you said, do you drink catches out of a bottle or whatever? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't really have anything weird like that, like chewing ice or anything. I do drink water and tea, and uh, tea, and every once in a while I have a I like I'll have diet cherry coke, but that's about it. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I love gardening. Quirky. Well, I'm just quirky as it is. My hair is quirky. <laughs> you know what? And so let's discuss that for a second. Where did your signature hairstyle come from? I was watching your music video, which we'll discuss in a second, for Wish You Love. And I think yeah. the most signature transition was when they shot you from the top spinning with the braids and it changed to another yeah. thing. And I was like, was that her hair? Did they just turn her that hair was, into a transition? That was my idea, actually. I loved I always, it. I always wanted to have either a camera shot or a photograph of my hair spinning from the top. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, when I was like 15 or something, 
kids would, girlfriends would, you know, do my hair in French braids. And and I loved it because I didn't have to fix my hair. I really should have been bald or a man or something. <laughs> so, I just, you know, one day in the summer, it started off in the summer having people braid my hair. I used to have cornrows to the head. And then it just grew into this, what it is now. And um, the longest I've ever worn it was down to my ankles. Um, wow. Which not, yeah, that was not all my hair. Um, but and that was um, for a tour I was doing with someone from Mexico. And I remember um, I remember walking on the airplane and it getting caught in one of the seats and pulling wow. me back in the that was the last time I ever wore my hair that long. And now the hair, so your length now is all your hair? It is down to about right above right above my rear end. It's about, that's where my hair That is. is a lot of hair. So when you take it down and have to wash, that's like a day process. When you said you really are busy washing your hair, <laughs> you really are busy washing your hair. It is. It is like I dread it. It's every three months, and I dread it. It comes exactly. way too fast, and I just dread it because the, the taking out I, and down is just horrendous. <laughs> I saw a picture of you without the braids, and I was like, I don't even recognize you anymore because most of everything I saw, and when I saw you at the award show, you had the braids. And so and he was like, oh, yeah. see, here's fine. I was like, who is this? This is her without the braids. No, I don't think it is. I don't, I don't think she ever not had braids. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why that I guess now we're kind of locked into keeping him in. <laughs> because no right. one will know who that, I am. Like, who are you? Who that are is you? funny. So is really fun. quickly I wanted to ask, with your song Wish You Love that did so well in the charts and had you know, major success for you, what do you think it is about that song that made the audience, what made the audience fall in love so much? Well, that's a good question. Um, I'm not really sure, but maybe... Maybe because the story is one that people can relate to because it's a sad song, another sad song, about missing someone <laughs> you love. But um, but it's also positive in the way that ultimately if you really love someone, that everyone we, we lose that we love, we wish them only love and good things. Or mm-hmm. it could be because Chad Jack and Tim Lettier found the right sound for the song they're, okay. they're really great producers, and I've done a few songs with Chad, and he's he's really easy to work with, and we have another song out that's done really well in the film, The Natalie Holloway Story, which I wrote and sang in French. He really is a genius at what he does. So it could be that, or it could be the lyric, or a combination of both. I'm not really sure, but I'm okay. just so happy that it reached some people. Yeah, it was it was it was enjoying a lot of fun, and um, actually we're gonna listen to that tonight. I'm gonna let, I think the listeners will love to hear it. So before I let you go, I do want to know what's next for you. Mm. Well, I'm about to release three albums that have been finished for a while. I have a piano compositions album that I wrote um, piano songs on called Remnants, and then I have a two part. Electro album that I recorded and wrote and called Idiosyncratic. And currently, um, right now, I have a song out with Digital Fixable called Solitude that's on Beatport and iTunes and uh, everywhere else. And I think this month that label is going to also release another song I, I wrote and sang 
with Digital Fixable producing uh, Where Has Your Love Gone? So we'll probably be doing a couple of music videos um, in the next coming months. You'll see a couple of music videos. And then for the distant future, um, I'm working on a Christmas EP, and hopefully down the road I will get to that jazz album. That, you All know, right. Hopefully. We- <laughs> Right, right. You, you got to squeeze it all in because you are very busy. You are truly an entrepreneur on the move. I am. I'm moving so much I don't know where I am sometimes. No. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm that's, 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 that's part of the joy of it all. You know that you're moving forward. So that's the most. That's the best thing. Well, everyone, we are talking with Fon, the, uh, excuse me, EOTM winner for Best Female Artist. And for more information on Fon, you can go to music.com that's s-a-w-n music.com so fun i with the listeners dying to hear the song wish you love we spoke so highly of it could you please do me the honors of introducing the song of course of course thank you so much for having me on your show this most is definitely fun. thank you for coming <laughs> of course thank you i'm just I'm so honored thank you i really appreciate it Okay, so I'm going to introduce the song. This is Fawn, and you're about to listen to a song that I wrote and recorded about one of the first two loves of my life, Wish You Love, produced by Chad Jack and Tim Latier. I hope you enjoy it. You have a good night. You too. Thank you so much for having me.
Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is your boy, T'Angelo, and you are listening to The Kicker Spot. <clears throat> so we are now gearing up to speak with book author Mervyn Block and discuss his recent title, Wang Anchors, When Network Newscasters Don't Know Right from Wrong. Um, this is a great book. You want to go to digitallive.com to order your copy tonight so you can definitely dive into it yourself. But hang out as we welcome Mervyn Block to Tianzo Live on Books. All right, you guys. So Tiangelo Live on Books. And I'm your host, Tiangelo. The next best thing to reading is talking about it. TiangeloLive.com Celebrity book authors. Self-help. Celebrity tell-all. Memoir. Celebrity biography. Sports figures. Tiangelo Live on book. All right, you guys, so without ado, I want to go ahead and welcome author and veteran to the news, veteran news writer, Mervyn Block to Tiangelo Live on Books. Good evening, Mervyn. How are you doing this evening? Fine, thank you. And you? I am doing very well. I have become surprised at some of the information I have gotten an opportunity to learn about, but I am doing well. Good. How are you doing this evening? Well, <laughs> it's where I am. It's uh, already eleven thirty-eight p.m. So I'm not as perky as I am at uh, eleven thirty-eight a.m. So you're on the East Coast, are you? Right. Okay, indeed. Well, we won't keep you up too late into the night. Should I order you uh, a cocktail or something? <laughs> <laughs> I could use one, but. <laughs> Okay, well, um, thank you for be, um, being a guest on Tango Live One Books. Really happy to have you. And uh, with such an insightful book, uh, Wayne Anders, uh, I wanted to know what made you write this book? Well, I was hearing so many mistakes on network newscasts, I thought it might make a good read if I put them all together. Right. And, and uh, so I started paying close attention to those newscasts and then checking transcripts of the newscasts to make sure that I had heard correctly. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> finding a lot, of, a lot of gaps that needed to be filled. Pardon? I said you were finding a lot of gaps that needed to be filled. Yes, that's that's right. And I didn't know of any uh, any book that dealt with the problems I uh, ran across. And so I thought, I mean, there's as far as I've ever been able to determine, no uh, no TV critic or columnist or. Uh, author of any kind had ever written such a book. So right, and I, I would it was, say it was 
with the new age of news, you know, with it seem with it seeming to be involved a lot with things outside of just the story, you know, you have to make sure your image is right, and make sure the makeup and hair is right, and make sure the clothing is just right. All these things seem to be more important than they used to be, but we as Americans or as viewers, we all assume that the content we're being delivered is being delivered accurately. And after reading this, I don't want to hear the term breaking news anymore. Yeah, breaking news. That's... So what is breaking news? Well, I could uh, sidestep that by saying you ought to ask them, but they aren't uh, <laughs> available. Uh, I suppose it means a story that just broke or something they just found out about. Mm-hmm. And, and they've advanced that from breaking news to happening now. That's something... <laughs> That's something that I hear uh, quite often, particularly on CNN, happening now. Mm, I ha- yeah, I have heard that because it's going on at that exact minute. At 10 o'clock at night, that situation is happening at that exact moment. Yes, happening now, that- even as we and- speak. <laughs> and then another term you mentioned that I guess is being skewed or is being used very loosely is tonight. Where they oh, pro- yes. They, pro- they proclaim everything is happening tonight. Yes. Even though, as I uh, showed in several chapters, that uh, it, some stories occurred uh, 12 hours earlier, and they, right. st- they still say, tonight, 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 tonight. And uh, the NBC nightly news uh, uses tonight as often as possible. And that prompted me to uh, suggest that they rename NBC's nightly news to the tonightly news. (laughs) And I heard, actually, that you mentioned that, I guess, in one of the newscasts, one of the newscasters used the term, I think, 25 times alone in his 20 what 22 minute um segment yes uh david muir of abc news uh used it uh, in one newscast 27 times and then correspondents uh you know the reporters out in the field they used it a few more times and the announcer used it so there were 32 tonights in a 22-minute newscast. I mean, it's tw- the half-hour newscast is really 22 minutes uh, when you subtract the time for commercials. Right. So there's 22 minutes of news. And why do they feel that it's tonight to grab the audience and the viewer's attention? Does that really make the viewer feel like it's happening right at that moment? Is that the reason? Well, for that? I think that's the I think that's the broadcaster's attention, or to make it seem like fresh news. They don't want to say something uh, took place uh, uh, eight hours ago, or took place this morning, mm-hmm. or took place during the night. It sounds like a lot fresher if they say, 
it happened tonight. And, right. And then right one, on. in one chapter, I mentioned that uh, an anchor uh, said something happened late tonight. Well, he's on a 6.30 p.m. newscast, 6.30 Eastern time. How could it how could it happen late tonight? <laughs> Six six thirty isn't late tonight. Right. That's barely We're really getting into evening. Exactly. And exactly. so when it comes when it comes so you have the tonight, you have the breaking news, and then one thing that I have always found to be interesting was a term exclusive interview, and you touched on that in the book as well. And I know you know, with today's time, all that kind of information is relatively online in a relatively, at the moment, you know, it gets posted pretty quickly. So when you see an exclusive interview on a newscast at, I don't know, 10 o'clock, yet I saw it posted that afternoon, where's exclusivity? When they say exclusive interview, what is exclusive about? I'd say it's all about hype. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's strictly hype. Because as you uh, found in that uh chapter that I talked about the use of the word exclusive it's lost all meaning I mean exclusive is sometimes a story that where the reporter was the only was the only uh, reporter present during that interview but uh, five minutes after he left the, the official the uh, someone else interviewed the official right and and sometimes all it indicates is that no one else covered the story and they might have thought it wasn't even a story at all yet the the one network that covered it calls it exclusive so it and it's, it's lost all not- meaning not taking into account that someone else is interviewing the same as that person in regard in pertaining to the same as that content. Right. And I thought what I found probably one of the most fascinating parts of the book was how you really broke down. Um, I mean, the opening of the book deals with Diane Sawyer and you break down how, what they said versus what they meant. <laughs> yes, that's right. And that was so peculiar. And it, you just never would imagine or think that they would put out content that way or they would no one would just allow it to happen or saying something. Of course, it will happen from time to time, but reading this, it seems to be more of a regular occurrence. So it, it, it warrants me to ask, who is responsible for the information that goes across? Is it the newscaster or is it the news station? Well, the anchors of uh, two of the network evening newscasts it's, uh, th- those two are uh, the NBC Nightly News with Brian Williams and CBS Evening News with Scott Pelley. Uh, they're the managing editors of the program. So mm. ultimately, they're responsible for every word uttered on their newscast. Diane Sawyer does not have the uh, title managing editor, but I imagine the folks in her newsroom uh, treat her as the boss, you know. Mm-hmm. So to allow uh, her to pretty much say or put out 
the content that she deems necessary. Right. Right. And I, I just, it was really interesting because you just, again, you just always assume that the information they're giving you is relevant in the time that they're putting it. Now, over the years, I mean, I imagine that things have changed. So my question was, what's changed so much with today's form of, excuse me, of news broadcasting versus maybe what was happening 20 or 30 years ago when it seems like things weren't as mumbled up? Well, I think the uh, network evening newscasts are trying to uh, – They've, they've all lost audience over the years. They're trying to retain the audience they have and, and maybe gain some new viewers. And one way they think they can do that is to uh, present some celebrity news, the kinds of stories that you would expect to read in People magazine or mm-hmm. Us or OK, or one of those magazines. Okay. Uh, years, years ago, you wouldn't see any of those stories on the evening newscast, but now they've become, you know... Uh, that's who they're trying to compete with. Yeah, that's right. Publication. And then that's, I guess, when you get into the whole marketing publicity, where they're trying to target like the blogger, people who read blogging with you know, for the blogger media, all the stuff online just seems to have a whole popping aspect. Yes. So now that everything's trying to pop, the content is wrong, it, it I don't know if you're able to answer this question, but then I guess I would I would want to know, does it make any sense to maybe go online to get this content because then they have more accuracy? Or they might be rushing it out just as quickly, you think? Well, when you say go online, go online to get what? I don't... The news, you know, the news, I say they're breaking stories. Well, there are certain websites that uh, I have faith in, and, for example, the New York Times website. A lot of uh, news that pops up on the Internet is not not especially reliable. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't put too much faith in what I hear. Right. When I was a newspaper reporter, I remember the line, uh, believe nothing you see and only half of what you hear. (laughs) Believe nothing of what you see and half of what you hear. Yeah. That's right. And it seems like that's becoming more evident today. And with the tech, you know, you go through it and you see how, and I forgot the, the vernacular that you use, but you discuss when they put maybe like the adjective in the wrong spot, and it makes it seem like maybe the person blew up a building when actually the person saw the building blow up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I ran across all sorts of strange things, you know, when I – was working on the book, all sorts of strange things that I certainly wouldn't. Ex- uh, I certainly wouldn't expect to find them at the network level, at a local station in Podunk. Yes. But, <laughs> okay. But, but when you're a, getting paid these millions of dollars. Yes, that's right. 
you would think one would pull that together. Yes. So now, um, do you still currently do you still do writing assignments? You have a you have a writing column, don't you? Also. Well, I post articles at my website, and uh, I did one. The, the most recent one I did was about. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, well, I'm I'm not sure whether that's the latest. And I did one about uh, breaking news and happening now and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I did one on how a certain television consultant tells clients uh, what words to use to make the stories sound uh, sexier, in a sense, to make them sound as though uh, they're just breaking or mm. exciting stories, that sort of thing, what, what language to use. So if you visit my website, and that's MervinBlock.com, you'll see a couple of the latest articles. That is really, I never thought about the language even happened to be more illustrious or, like you said, sexier to make, again, the audience want to listen. Yes. Well, it's sort of, that sort of, uh, it's like seasoning that they use to spice up a story by saying it's breaking now or something like that. Right, right. And this is really interesting. Everyone, we were talking with Mervyn Block about his recent book, Weighing Anchors, when network newscasters don't know right from wrong. So now with all the current issues, Mervyn, that we've seen, do you suspect that things will turn around, that perhaps the content will get back to a, a more reliable form as it once was? No. In no. words, in, in, a, in a one word answer, no, I don't think things are going to improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think they're going to keep sliding downhill. And uh, clearly it must be working because they continue to do it. Yes. That's and right. I, I think another section that was kind of interesting to read was the part where you stated that one of the news anchors uh, stated on his nightly news that something broke. I think what was it? You said at uh, at sundown was I think it was, and then the next day he said at two. It was at two o'clock. So the timing had just completely switched. Do you have a good? You have a good memory. That was a that was a story where the anchor said, "This is network." because I write only about network anchors in this book. Yes. The anchor uh, said on Saturday night, he told about an attack in Iraq that uh, insurgents had uh, raided a prison. That was on Saturday night that he said that. The next night... Sunday night, he said that this attack occurred overnight. Well, Mm. in fact, 
it had occurred the day before uh, the wire services had reported the attack in mid-afternoon New York time. And one of the wire services, I forget whether it was Reuters, <coughs> excuse me, uh, said that the attack occurred at 10 a.m. Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern time on Saturday. Yet oh. on Sunday night, this anchor said it took place overnight. So I call Just that chapter the overnight life of Brian. <laughs> the overnight life of Brian. And there was, and you did a, a, yeah, you did a few, you know, a few different um, moments where they play with time and how things seem to happen at this time, but it found out it was a later time. And when it comes to news, is it once again them trying to make it seem fresh, or they just honestly aren't sure? Oh no, I don't think that they're unsure of of when an event occurred. I think it's a matter of making it seem hot off the presses, that sort of approach. In other words, they don't want to say this happened. Uh, well, in the case that I just talked about, this attack in Iraq, it occurred 32 hours before that Sunday night newscast when the anchor, and that's Brian Williams, Said mm -hmm. that said that it had occurred uh, overnight, and this wasn't the case. Which wasn't? It was 32 hours <laughs> earlier. And someone in someone in that newsroom had to know that. That is just yeah. That it wasn't accurate timing. And you're right. Cause the 32 hour gap is a major a major uh, oversight. To say the least. To say the least is right. <laughs> Awesomeness. Well, Mervyn, I'm going to say this was definitely an interesting read. I'm I'm still working on it. I'm actually looking at the test. In the back, we had the 60-minute quiz where you were giving oh, the yes. reader the opportunity to try to fix the grammar and fix the sentence or to fix what they were trying to say versus what they actually said. Yes. I thought that was a lot of fun to all the listeners. You guys, once you get the book, you definitely have to scroll to the back where you get to take the 60-minute quiz and um, I feel a little, you know, you get to kind of go through because it's fun. You're thinking, especially as a media host like myself, oh, it's not that difficult. Of course I can fix these things. And it's almost you're talking off the cuff and you don't even always notice that you do it. Yes. That is quite interesting. So, I'm going to work on that. I'm looking forward to it because I love language and grammar. So uh, thank you for the 60-minute 60 60 quiz also. Oh, well, thank you for mentioning it. <laughs> no problem. Well, Marvin, I'm definitely going to finish up this read and get the listeners to definitely check it out so they, too, can become more you know, active with the content that they allow themselves to intake and what they actually believe to have happened. Well, good. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Where everyone, you can definitely go to MervinBlock.com to check out all things Mervin and to see, you know, to follow with his blogging and his columns because the information that we do in intake, it has to be accurate. Otherwise, you're going into the world spreading bad news. Right. We don't want that. We don't want that. Well, Mervin, until next time, thank you for hanging out with us here at Tangio Live One Books. 
My pleasure. Awesome. And I see that you're done with your cocktail, so you should be falling asleep any moment now. <laughs> well, I managed to stay awake this far. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you very much, Mervyn. Until next time, you have a great night. Thank you. Good night. everybody. Good night. You guys, we just finished talking with Mervyn Block uh, with his new release book, Wang Anchors, when network newscasters don't know right from wrong. You can go to com to order your copy today. You guys continue to stick out here at the Kick of Spire. We'll be right back after this. What's going on? This is your boy, T'Angelo, and you are chilling at the Kicker Spot. Gibbs was there. She accepted the award. My girlfriend, we love her. 
oh so very much. And um, the list goes on and on. So it's definitely uh, an event that you would have loved to have been at because it got you the opportunity to kind of mingle with the celebrities. And they weren't that they weren't that far apart. They weren't exactly the most tangible, but they weren't like way over there, you know, which allowed all the opportunity to feel, I think, a better sense of inclusion, of inclusion, you know, together working for the greater cause of changing the world. So then you also have to perform on the stage. Yours truly did grace the stage, presenting my talent. I did a little dance as well as, you know, hosting, well, not, you know, talking, I guess a comedic little act, if you will. And it was very well received. I'm going to tell you guys something. The audience isn't even aware of. So I start off with this mask on my face, or this scarf-like masking on my face, to the choreography, and the music ends up starting like 15 seconds in to the piece. So when I finally hear the song, I didn't know where to start. So I end up having to improv the entire opening dance sequence. I'm doing the best I can to look as clean and, you know, sharp as possible, doing a hip-hop piece to a song that was produced by Studio Math. And then I didn't know what to do, so I hop off the stage. I get from the audience. I'm giving them some weird, quirky facial expressions and things. It was really off the cuff, but it was it, it, it came out well. So then I go into a little dance. I go into a little talk. I pull out a suitcase and change clothes right on stage. It was just random T'Angelo doing whatever the hell I wanted to, it seemed. But the audience loved it. You know, I was told that I, I committed to it, and it was just entertaining. So... You guys, when they do have a network release, they definitely stay connected to all things Changelo so you'll know when the video comes out so you can order your copy if possible. We're going to figure out how that works. Um, but it was great. We had some dancers. We had singers. Also, um, ballads, up-tempo, everything. Um, i got to keep it real, you guys, because you want me to. You're thinking, well, T, was everything great? A lot of performers were good, but all of them were not to my liking. No, I did not love all of the performers on stage. Well, what show do you? It wasn't their quality of music or anything. I just didn't prefer what they had to offer. It wasn't for me. Now, your girl Spanky, yes. Spanky put on a production. She gave you live guitar. She gave you video playing. She gave you costumes and dancers, lifts in the air. Amazing. Some other performers stood there and sung a song. And I would prefer a little bit more. But, hey, that's just your boy, Tangelo. I love drama. You know me. So, y'all ain't liked it? Well, if you like drama like me, when they got a cup of tea. But nonetheless, I will go ahead and quote Monet, the director of the EOTM Awards, who was here last week, and she said it best, perfect your craft. That's all I'll say about that. Moving on to our host, Sarah Abraham, and her co-host, Mike Martin. They were funny and enjoyable. Um, I was able to do a skit with Mike on stage, which was so impromptu also. <laughs> so here you go, right? So I had to come off stage from doing my piece. One of the producers runs over, like, Tiangelo, one of the um, actresses, didn't show up tonight. We have a skit that has to go up. Can you please do the skit? I'm like, uh, 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 I'm sorry? And she's like, T, I just have to do the skit. She didn't show up. Can you please do the skit? I'm like, well, what is this skit about? And she's like, the Harlem Shake. I'm like, huh? And she's like, Tiangelo, see here's the script right here. And she's showing me the script, like, on a digital iPhone or something. And I'm kind of like, I don't know what it is. She said, don't worry about it. I'm going to email it to you. I'm going to send you a screenshot. She shoots me an email. I'm going to, I don't know if I can do it. You'll be great. And they run off. <laughs> I'm so happy y'all believe in my talent because I didn't know what that is. 
And so the email never comes through my phone because we're in the theater and I have a horrible reception. So they say, T.S. Lowe, you're on, and they push me onto the stage. I didn't know what to do. I was going to read the video, I guess. I was going to add a little bit. I didn't know what I was going to do. But luckily I was pushed out too early, so they pulled me back. I got a chance to regroup and found perform with somebody else who ended up being the co-host, Mike Martin. So we ended up being a, 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 a new dance craze that's sweeping the nation. And so I got a chance to read the script over really quickly. He and I get out there and pretty much ad-libbed the rest of the skit because, of course, I didn't know most of it. But he was great. He kept up with me. I kept up with him. The audience never knew. Another great moment. Laughters for all. Yay! <laughs> but that, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was so nervous. But Mike C. just had it all under control. So... I followed his lead, and it worked. And thank you, Mike. I hope you enjoyed me because I surely enjoyed you for that moment. Um, I had a chance to meet my girl, Sarah. I had her on the show, you know, about a month or some change back, and she was cool here. I thought she was also cool when I met her. Awesome chick. We hung out for a spell. Not too much time was working, but sat down and just chatted with her about her current happenings and what's going on. And I know some of you guys feel some kind of way about Sarah Abraham, good, bad, and indifferent. And, hey, you can have your opinion. That's fine. But I'll have to go ahead and get my opinion. And so she could with me. We were laughing and joking and having a blast. Uh, we was having a blast, and it was it was great. So I loved it. Um, oh, I've just been corrected, you guys. My deepest apologies. I've been calling Mike Martin. He is Matt Martin. All the time, the co-host of the show is Matt Martin. My sincere apologies, Matt. Dang it, I think I've done that before, and that guy's on footage. I think Carla posted a YouTube video or something while I had called somebody the wrong name. Isn't that what um, our last guest, Mervyn, was just talking about? <laughs> when a media host put out bad information? Oh, my gosh. He's going to write a book about me. <laughs> okay, I would be better. I'm going to get it, you guys. I'm going to get it, you guys. I'm so going to get it. Okay. <laughs> I just feel horrible. Okay, so to Matt Martin, please pray me. My bad. Okay, but anyhow, at the end of my Sarah section, I was just going to say, Sarah's cool with me. Y'all can say what you want, and I totally understand you have your opinion and whatnot, but I have since met the girl, and we were chilling. So that's that. Um, moving on to the rest of the show. Um, the show had a few bumps in the road, nothing that was not, nothing that made you feel like you wanted to go home or anything. But, you know, on live shows, you always have technical issues, things of that nature. So it happened, but all the um, people were still honored beautifully, and they were able to receive their awards and feel honored for the opportunity, feeling honored for getting honored all of their uh, colleagues. So that was always a great thing. And then you can't forget that yours truly did take home a beautiful award. What is my award anyway, actually? Did I bring it? No, truly, it's in my bag. I was telling the father, it's in my, I am, you guys, truly, I am carrying my award with me in my bag. It's a guest bag around here somewhere with the award in it. And it also gave me a beautiful watch. I think it was Havana. I think it was Havana. in my bag. I want to see. I think it was a Havana watch, and it's gorgeous. I want to rep them, too, for thinking of us. Make sure. Yep, it's a beautiful Havana watch. I think it's rose gold, too. Fine watches exclusive for you. I do feel like an exclusive member of the Havana Club. So, you guys, I'm just repping them up because they were nice enough to give us this beautiful gift. You can go to HavanaWatches.com to see more of their collection. Again, that's HavanaWatches.com. But um, it was great. I gave a cute little speech. You can see pictures of that online also. 
And at first I thought I was going to be all emotional and stuff. Funny how the Lord works. You kind of are who you are. So I wasn't really emotional. I was my normal quirky, funny self. But I did wrap it up for Team Tiangelo. You guys gave on to God and gave it up to Team Tiangelo. You guys are amazing. So um, my performance, I talked about that. It was major love in the room. Um, I, I performed well, so I hear. So I thought about it. Again, most of my performance is improv because that's what I seem to do kind of well. It was structured improv, we'll say that. It was definitely structured improv. And then um, we had our girls call One, who we heard from last week, and we want to say that y'all definitely did y'all thing at this evening. Let me tell you, not only do you put on a gorgeous event with a lot of beautiful people at this magnitude, they also both look stunning. I had I literally took carpet for four minutes. You have to walk the red carpet. You have to walk the red carpet. And from her, from being entrepreneur, manager, CEO, you know, taking over the event, putting out fires and making her work beautifully, and then hopped on the red carpet and killed the game, let me tell you, that is how we do it, okay, because she was camera ready. I love it. Monet, camera ready. As a matter of fact, we took Monet on our way to the red carpet. I think we just snatched her arm, and she was like, oh, where are we going? Red carpet. It was awesome. We went over to the after party, which was cute, over in Hollywood, right across from the W Hotel. Loved it. Got my parlay on. The piece from Alaska, y'all put it down. Such a great time, you guys. So um, I guess the next question is, like, what to expect next year Ooh, from this event? I'm going to say from T's point of view, what to expect next year. I would say next year for the EO10 Wars, we should just expect bigger. I mean, you can always enhance, so definitely better, but not like this is bad. It's just it's 2014, so you got to step your game up, you know. But I think it's just going to get bigger and better because now that people have kind of seen that it was, it was what it was, and it was successful, and it was done well, and it was done classy. I mean, look at the pictures, and I'm going to just let you guys know. It was nothing ratchet about it, okay? Now, I did play the word ratchet in my dance, but that wasn't ratchet either. It was just things that... Yeah, it wasn't ghetto. It wasn't any of those things. It was great. A very beautiful event. So, um, my mommy came. That was super cute. I had my niece and nephew attend so they could learn what it is to uh, for you to work hard. You get to play hard. And so that was, you guys, when it comes to the kids, you got to let them know, you know, after you, they see me work. My niece and nephew didn't me for the summer. They see me busting my ass every week trying to make it all happen. And so I figured that they should see once you make it happen, what can happen for you. And I was blessed to be an, uh, a recipient of an EOTM award for outstanding talk show host. So I love all right, you guys. So that is my take on post uh, EOTM awards. I'm trying to think of any of them big moments. There's a lot of big moments. I mean, backstage was super cute. I took a really pictures back there. Yo, yo, thank you. Um, there's plenty of quirky pictures of me and Carla at one of the pre-shows over in Beverly Hills. I'm not sure if I posted those. Yeah, I need to do that. Um, yeah. Okay, I met a lot of great people. Made some connects and everything. So I'm going to stop reminiscing. I'm starting to drift into a thought out of another EOTM Awards rehash. But that's the gist of it. So anyhow, you guys, be sure to go over to TAngelo.com and sign up for the um, Team Tangelo. You can join the Team Tangelo since they connect to all things Tiangelo and Tiangelo Live. Um, I want to say thank you to guests tonight. Fun. Thanks for stopping by and hanging out with me. To our our veteran of writing, Mervyn Block. What well, of writing? 
he's a veteran of TV news, of being a veteran to TV news writing, as he still writes. But um, thank you, Mervyn Block, for hanging out here with Tangel Live on Books. We greatly appreciate you and this um, informative book. Yes, great insight. Thank you. Um, be sure, you guys, to order your copy of this book and others at TangelLive.com. That's the online bookstore, TangelLive.com. And don't forget, Matters of the Heart topic was or is, remember your goal in conversation or argument. You guys, don't just keep going on and on and on. Let me tell you, it really amounts to nothing. To my girl, Carla Monet, you guys, thank you for a wonderful event. You guys were amazing. Thank you. I have to offer to you. To the entire EOTM family, from Atlanta to Alaska to Pittsburgh to uh, Louisiana to Texas, everyone who came to the event is now at EOTM. And so I want to thank you guys all for coming out. It was great meeting you, and we appreciated having you there. Uh don't forget, you guys, to send me a link or something when it comes to a workout plan. I mentioned in the beginning of the show that I need a new workout plan. I'm serious. You can email me at tangelo at tangelo.com, T-E-A-N-G-E-L-O, okay? And you guys, keep an eye out for my birthday parties. They're coming, and I would love to meet you and see you and hang with you. I think the best night, in my opinion, is going to be karaoke. It really is. So, anyhow, you guys, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. It's been great, and it's been amazing as usual. And until next time, you guys, be sure to experience life to the fullest. Just live. I'm your host, T'Angelo. It's your boy, welcome to the kicking spot. It's your boy, it's your boy, I'm your host, T'Angelo. T'Angelo. Why did I have a visual? I was partying to the break of dawn. How about the who recorded the video? T'Angelo. OMG. It's kind of bratty. So, no. Okay, I'm a better word. Apparently, I'm eager to when I talk about myself all the time. Go, 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 go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kicker Spot. I'm your host, T'Angelo. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 